word. And as was already mentioned, uh, for the month of January and February, we will not be having in-person worship. Uh, please, please continue to faithfully uh, send your tithes or drop them off at the church. Uh, we trust in Godhead. We have not missed a beat. Our, 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 uh, the members of this body have been faithful. And uh, again, we're adjusting. And so don't be discouraged. Let's continue as we build a house for the Lord in Middletown and collecting funds for that as we are soon to roll out our life groups. To, and our theme for this year, 2020, is reconnect to return to the work. Reconnection to return to the work. And through our life groups, we are going to reconnect uh, twice a month. And you're going to be contacted and you'll learn more about what those ministries will involve. We're going to be rolling out in 2022 the Biblical Academy. So plan to participate in that. And we are trusting the Lord to continue to effectively enhance our digital ministry so that we can effectively return to in-person worship as well as reach the masses wherever they may be across this country and, yes, even around the world. In Jeremiah chapter 29, beginning in the 11th verse, we read, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And I will be found by you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where you have been driven, saith the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I have caused you to be carried away captives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you. We thank you for this time of fellowship. Lord, I ask that you would speak a word to the hearts of those who are listening right now. Father, that encouragement would go forth. Conviction would go forth. God, we pray that we would, having heard your word, that we will be obedient to it by applying it to our very lives. We thank you and we bless you in that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank Minister Will. So good to have him here serving. And those who are in the building, we thank you so much for making this night possible. Jeremiah chapter 29, a message for messed up times. A man returned for a follow-up visit with his doctor to allow his test results to be explained and reviewed. And when he arrived at his doctor's office, the doctor said, well, sir, I have some bad news and some worse news. Which would you prefer to hear first? And the man looked at the doctor. He said, well, tell me the worst news. He said, well, the worst news is this. You're going to die in a month. And the man said, well, 
what's the bad news? He said, well, I should have told you a month ago. <laughs> now, uh, I'm not going to quit my day job. I thought that was pretty clever. And uh, what, what made it kind of catch my attention was the fact that during these past two years, many of us, if we're totally honest, would admit that we have felt like this poor patient in the doctor's office. It seems like the only two options that we have during these past two years is either bad news or worse news. Every day, bad news only seems to get worse with each passing day. Bad news about climate change, rising inflation, supply shortages in, at the grocery store, COVID-19 deaths continue to rise, hospital staffs are overwhelmed, airline flights are canceled by, by the thousands, homicides in large cities have reached an all-time high. Drug overdoses and suicides by teens have also reached an all-time high. Mass shootings have become routine and almost expected. And of course, we don't want to forget the almost successful coup on this past January 6th, nearly a year ago. So bad news seems to be getting worse. And if you're like me, I have come to a place where I don't want to look at the news. I don't want to read in the paper. I'm not trying to, I, I, obviously, I do keep up with current events. But I don't look forward to what I'm going to read because it seems like all there is is bad and worse news. Our world seems to be falling apart. Everywhere you look, there's a man-made mess. The more man tries to remedy the mess, the worse the mess becomes. The good news in 2022 is that God, God, the God of the Bible has a message for messed up times. And it doesn't matter how messed up your situation is, how troubled things may appear, the God of the Bible, Elohim, has the power and the authority to enter into the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our stresses, in the midst of our very confused and messed up situations, and speak in such a way that we know that we have divine direction. As we turn our attention to Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 4 through 14, and we're not going to read all the verses. I want to be brief tonight. There are just four things that I'm going to consider with you as we turn our focus to the Word of God from the prophet of Je named Jeremiah. Since we are going to see in this passage that God has a message for our messed up times, the times that we live in, the four things that we want to consider is that, one, you can make the problem, the mess, that you're in, to, you can make it work for you. Make the problem work for you, verses 1 through 3. Then secondly, you want to understand that in this messed up time that we live in, that you can make the purpose of the mess work for you, in verse 4. And then 
The third thing is that we're going to discover that you can make the process that's a part of the mess that we're in work for you. You can make the process work for you just like you can make the problem and the purpose. And the final thing that we're going to consider in verses 7 through 14 is that you can make the pressure of the mess that we find ourselves in work for you as well because God has an answer for uh, the mess that we're in. He has a message, a message for the answer. Now, when we come to Jeremiah chapter 29, the nation of Israel has been taken into captivity by the Babylonians. And when you get a chance, you want to read Daniel chapter 1 to get some historical background, read Jeremiah, uh, several portions of Jeremiah, specifically chapter 27, where he predicts that this captivity is going to occur. Two of the, sub, two of the tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel, the southern tribe, the, tribes of, the tribe of Judah and Benjamin are going to be taken into captivity. That was predicted. And so when we get to chapter 29, the prophecy of Jeremiah has been fulfilled. This is a time of discouragement, doubt, drifting, and desperation by the people of God. They are in a foreign land, a place where they didn't choose to be. And the prophet is directed by God to give a word, a message, to those who are living in captivity. And verse 4 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, thus saith Adoniah, the God Elohim, the Elohim of Israel, to all who were carried away and captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Make your problem, make the mess that you find yourself in during this time of all types of world problems. Make it work for you. And one of the ways that you can make the problems that we are going through work for you as the nation of Israel did is that you need to anticipate that in 2022 that God will speak a preceding word in your situation. Anticipate, anticipate, write that word down, anticipate a preceding word from God. God is going to give you a rhema word that has to do with the very specific situation that you find yourself in. The scripture says, thus saith the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah for those who were taken into captivity, and the message that he was given was specifically tailored for what they were going through. God has a word for the situation that you're going through. So anticipate that God will give you a preceding word to make the problem, the message that we see all around us, you're trying to figure it out. Like James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and doesn't withhold, doesn't he abrade? If not, he will freely give you an answer if you ask him. So he will answer you by giving you a preceding word. So anticipate hearing a word from the Lord. Have you been listening? Have you been listening? In the midst of all that is going on, in the midst of your struggles, have you been listening? A second thing that will enable you to make the problem, the mess that we find ourselves in, work for you is ask the question, what has God already said about the kind of mess that we are experiencing? What has God already said in his word about what's happening around us? Has God spoken about it? 
he, the, the, the word that the Lord gave to the prophet Jeremiah, he said, this is a word for the captives that are in Babylon. And so he was referencing a group of people that he'd already spoken to Jeremiah about, namely the two southern tribes of, of Israel, the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. And so God had already given a revelation about this situation that they found themselves in. And so one of the things that often surprises me when we find ourselves stressed out and feeling pressure and not understanding and being discouraged is that we fail to, the Bible says, these things were written for our admonishment. These things were written for our example. And so when I'm going through, when I'm trying to understand from the vantage point of God, the Holy Spirit trying to give me, give me insight, I need to go back to this word and say, what does God say about climate change? What does God say about the escalation of violence in the city? What does God say about famines that are breaking out all over the world? What has God said about pandemics? And what you will discover is that he's already spoken about the signs of the end times. And so if I'm going to make the problem work for me, anticipate that God will give you a preceding word and also ask the question, has God already spoken about what I'm trying to understand? But there's a third way that we will make this uh, problem work for us, a message that we find ourselves in work for us. We need to accept the reality that the mess that we are in may or may not be your fault. The scripture says, in, in, in verse 3, it says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, uh, the God of Israel, uh, uh, Jeremiah the prophet, he, uh, sent a letter to the people that were in, the ca in captivity in Babylon. He sent a letter to the elders among the captives, the priests and the prophets, and he sent it to all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem into Babylon. In this group of people that had been taken from Jerusalem, there was a young group of boys named Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They were forcibly taken from their parents and relocated to a foreign land in Babylon, and they had nothing to do with why Babylon had come and taken the nation, the two southern tribes of Israel, into captivity. It wasn't their fault. They didn't get to choose their parents. Sometimes the relationships that we're in, uh, you may be married to somebody who has a gambling problem, and one day you look into your, you're getting ready to pay a bill, and you discover that the account is on zero. You didn't do that, but you married to somebody who did it. But then there are other times we find ourselves in a mess where, where we, we, it's a result of a decision or an action that we are responsible for. In this instance, Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, the children had not done anything that caused them to find themselves in captivity. Sometimes you are in bondage. Sometimes you're suffering at the hands of others. Abel hadn't done anything to Cain, but he found himself at the hands, in the clutches of an angry brother who was so upset with God that he was unable to fight God, and so he took his anger out on his own brother who represented God. He killed 
able. And so sometimes the situation you're in, it's not because you did anything to somebody. They don't dislike you because you did something. They dislike you just like Jesus said. They hated me. They're going to hate you. And so the Jesus in you sometimes will make others hate, hate you, not because you did something that was unrighteous, something that didn't please God. So if you're going to make the problem work for you, you need to anticipate God is going to speak to me in this situation. I'm going to understand uh, how to have wisdom as I'm walking my way through this difficulty. I'm going to ask the question, has God already spoken concerning what I'm, what I'm wrestling with? I'm going to accept the fact that I may be going through this because of a bad choice I made or a decision or action that someone else made. Then here's the second thing. You need to make the purpose of the mess work for you. In verse 4 of Jeremiah chapter 29, the scripture says, This is what the Lord of hosts, the Elohim of Israel, to all who were carried away captive. Listen to this. Whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Notice God didn't mix words. He wanted the children of Israel, the southern tribes who were in captivity, who were in a mess, who were in bondage, he wanted them to understand that this had nothing to do with Babylon being stronger than them. This had nothing to do with bad luck or hoodoo or woodoo. The devil did this. The Lord said, I am Adonai Elohim. I have caused you to be in this mess. It was God. Sometimes we're we, we rebuking the devil for something God is doing. Devil, you can't have him. Devil, you can't have him. I rebuke the devil. No, no, no. What you may be rebuking is what God has decided as a part of your will. Peter tried to rebuke Jesus when Jesus said he was going to the cross. When, when Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem and cruel men are going to take me into in custody and they're going to beat me and they're going to try. And Peter said, no, you ain't. Not if I've got something to do with it. And what Jesus had to do to Peter is what some of us need to do with that voice that comes in our mind that says it's the devil, it's bad luck, God is mad, and he may be angry with us, but we need to understand that sometimes what you're going through, the mess that you're in, is divinely, providentially designed. The Lord says, I am he who caused America, who caused France, who caused Russia, who caused China, who caused the nations of the world to find themselves in the throes of a pandemic and all of the doctors, all of the kings, horsemen, could not put Humpty Dumpty together again. God said, I caused this. I caused this. Now, why does God, what is his purpose for allowing messes in our life and causing messes? Sometimes the Lord will allow mess in your life because he's trying to develop you. James puts it this way. He said, count it all joy when you are experiencing diverse testing for the testing of your faith. The trials of your faith produce perseverance, teach you how to wait on the Lord. Anybody need to wait on the Lord? Learn how to trust the Lord. Why you want to wait on the Lord? Because the Bible says, they that wait on the Lord, what? You will have renewed strength. Anybody need any strength for 2022? He said, you're going to mount up with wings of eagles. You're going to be able to transcend. You're going to be able to rise above your problems. Anybody need to be able to rise above their messes? I'll cause you to be able to run and not be weary and walk and not faint. 
So sometimes God is trying to develop us. Other times God is trying to teach us discipline or dependence, I should say. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, Paul said, I prayed multiple times that God would remove the thorn from my flesh. And the Lord said, no. He said, because lest you be caught up in pride, he said, I'm going to allow this thorn to remain with you to show you how to depend on me. How? He says, because my strength is going to be perfected through your weakness. He says, I'm going to show you in your weakness how to depend on me because you're going to discover that my grace, my grace is sufficient. My grace is adequate. My grace is enough. Somebody say my grace. His grace is enough. In the midst of your mess, his grace is enough. In the midst of your mess, his grace is sufficient. So sometimes God is trying to teach us dependence. Other times God is trying to demonstrate his glory. In John chapter 9, verses uh, uh, 1 through 10, Jesus' disciples, they came into a town, and they see a man who was born blind, and they asked the question, Jesus. Which one of these parents, which one of these jokers sinned to, to get their son messed up like this with blindness? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents have sinned. But watch this. But that the works of God, that God might demonstrate his glory through this man's mess, through his blindness. God has allowed this. And, of course, we know that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He had already said that in John chapter, I'm the light of the world, and those who walk in darkness, I will give them sight, and they'll never be blind again. And then he said, let me prove to you that I'm the light of the world. He reached down and took some dirt and sped on it, and he rubbed it on the man who has been born blind's eyes. And we know how the story ends. And so sometimes God is trying to demonstrate his glory and his power so that we'll worship him and adore him even more. But here's why they were going through. God will allow you to be in a mess because he's disciplining you or judging the unsaved. The Bible says he chastens, he, 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 he punishes or, or, or chastens or he disciplines those who he loves. And so when you disobey God, one of the evidences that you belong to him is that the spirit of God is going to begin to put a spanking on your backside. And so God, when you, when you, are going through a mess, you need to allow the purpose to benefit you. The question is, Lord, am I going through this because of discipline? Did I sin? Repent. Lord, am I going through this because you're trying to develop me spiritually? I'm going to allow you to develop me. Lord, I'm, am I going through this because you need to de teach me dependence? Well, I'm going to learn that your grace is sufficient. I'm going to depend. Or am I going through this because you want to demonstrate by not taking the thorn away from me that your grace, that your power is still able to accomplish extraordinary things. Somebody say amen. When you're going through the mess, here's the third thing. You need to let the process work for you. Now, this is the thing that's concerning me about the body of Christ. Everybody but Christians is traveling around the world. The, the malls were so crowded, you could literally hardly make your way through. And guess what? I didn't. I just drove by. I mean, sometimes the, 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 the driving, the, the, the roads were so back, packed up, it, was, it took 30 minutes just to get, get out of the parking lot. And so the pandemic didn't stop anybody from spending money. 
Didn't stop anybody from celebrating Christmas. That's why we have this outbreak again, by the way. But it did stop Christians from coming to church. <laughs> it, did, it, it did make some Christians more fearful. And I'm not saying that we should come to church and be disregard the, 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 the restrictions and so forth. What I am saying that is the Lord wants us to allow the process of the mess that we're in. How, what does God want us to do in the midst of the pandemic? What is God's word for us in 2022 as we're going through the pandemic? Aside from the fact that he wants us to reconnect, to return to the work, the work, the work. We're going to be talking about that starting a Monday, a Sunday. What is the work? We're going to reconnect through life groups, but then we're reconnecting to do the work, the work, the work that the Lord has put. The work doesn't stop because of the pandemic. The work doesn't stop because things are crazy. The work doesn't stop because of climate change. The work doesn't stop because we get bad news from the the media. Uh, 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 But the, the work of the Lord is still the responsibility of the church, and we're going to continue with that. So make the process Make the process work for you while you're in the mess. Listen to what the scripture says in verses 5 and 6. Build houses and settle in, in the land. Plant gardens and eat food you, food you grow. Eat the food that you grow. Get married and have sons and daughters. Find, your, find wives for your sons. Let your daughters be married so that they also have sons and daughters. Have many children and grow in number in Babylon. Here's the do not decrease. In the midst of your net, do not decrease, increase. Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. The church is not in retreat. The church is not on pause. We may not be meeting in the building, but the church of Jesus Christ is still forging forward. We're taking back what the enemy tried to steal. And so he said, build houses. Your personal resources should be increasing during the pandemic. Build houses. Settle down, the Lord says. He says, plant gardens. Your professional skills should be increasing. Some of you need to be going back to school in 2022. Some of you have some books that God has told you to write that you need to start writing and completing. Some of you started projects in your home 20 years ago, and they still aren't completed. Don't look at me like that, brother. <laughs> but the Lord, is, the Lord says, plant gardens. Go back to school. Get special training to enhance your skills and your gifts. And then he says, eat the food that you planted. You ought to, he says, take pleasure. This is, this is the time. See, some of us don't know how to celebrate the blessings of God. We, we, we don't know how to, to retreat and just give, have a moment of enjoying what God has entrusted to us to enjoy. He said, when you plant your garden and you bear the fruit, he said, eat it, enjoy it. I'm in the midst of my mess, but Christians are smiling. I'm in the midst of my mess, but I've got joy unspeakable. I'm in the midst of my mess, and I can give praise and honor to God. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength, not my situation. He said, increase, don't decrease in the midst of what's going on. Your personal relationship should be increasing. He said, get married, have children. One of the things that's most discouraging to me is sometimes we keep postponing. Well, when I have enough money, uh, if things are so bad, I don't know if I want to get married. Things could, I mean, the end could come at any time. The end could come today. 
But if God has called you to be married, if God has called you to a different kind of relationship, and sometimes, well, some of us, God hasn't called to be married. So how do you increase? How do you develop your relationship? Sometimes you need to take yourself on a date. Sometimes you need to look yourself in the mirror and say, don't I look good today? Sometimes you need to expand beyond your comfort zone and, and de de determine that in 2022, I'm going to make some friends. He says, get married, have children. If it's possible, it is possible to prosper in a time of famine because the source of, our, the source of our prosperity, the source of our blessing is none other than Jesus. Jesus, I've come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. That's what we ought to be thinking about in the midst of all of this and not being like the world who acts like there's no hope, that you have to live today as if there's no tomorrow. Somebody say Amen. Make the process work for you. Increase. How are you increasing? How are you growing? How are you changing? What are you surrendering to the Lord? What are you trusting him for today? What, what, what cross, what, what sin are you dying to in your life? How are you carrying your cross so that you are making your way, as Paul says, I don't want to be disqualified. He said, I buffet myself, lest I, at the end of my journey, and I'm standing before the Lord, everything that I've done was in vain. I want you to understand that as you are Focusing on increasing in a time of mess, in a time of famine, that you understand that the reason why you can stay positive, the reason why you can look unto Jesus, the often finish your faith, is because he is going to reward you. There's a reward. Somebody say amen. There's a reward. In 2022, I'm running for my crown. I'm running to, be, to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I am running because he told me not to decrease, not to hide, not to become discouraged, but to continue, continue to grow. Where are you growing at? Where are you manifesting the power of the Holy Spirit in your life in a dark time? Where are you shining your light before men that they see the, your good works? Where are you modeling the person and presence of Christ in such a way that people will ask you, why are you smiling? Why haven't you become this girl? Why haven't you thrown up your hands? Why do you still believe in the Bible? Uh, if God is true, why are we still going to the, we see what God, the reason why we're still in this pandemic. God said, if my people who are called by my name would humble, I believe God. He said, we humble ourselves, turn from our sin. He said, then I'll hear from heaven. We haven't turned. We haven't turned. We've increased in our fleshly desires. We've increased in pursuing our own personal interests. But the Lord is not telling us to pursue earthly things. He's telling us to pursue, pursue those things which are above that have eternal value. And here's the final thing. Make pressure or the pressure that we're in, the reality of the pressure. When I saw that our, my company that I worked for for 17 years had been sold, that was the immediate pressure. When I had to switch my insurance company and the prices bumped up significantly, that was pressure. When I think about all the people that I'm going to see on Monday that have died during the three days I wasn't working, that will be pressure. I want you to know that the hospitals are overflowing. There are no beds at Wilmington or Christiana because people are coming and they're gravely ill. That's pressure. But how do you make pressure work for you? And we all go through it. I want you to understand because while we're in the world, the Bible said we will have pressure. We will have trial. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How do you make pressure work for you? In verses 7 through 14, 
read that when you get a chance. The first thing he says, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away and pray to the Lord for it, for in the, its peace you will have peace. One of the ways that you make pressure work for you in the midst of our messes in 2022 is keep the peace. You be a peacemaker. There's so many angry people. I know every time that I get ready to enter that ramp on off of uh, onto Route 1, it's almost like the, other, the driver on my left-hand side or right-hand side, they kind of look at me, and I look at them, and they say, come on. Try me today. <laughs> it, it, it's like a fight waiting to happen. People are ticked off, they're on edge, they're hair, they're hair triggered, waiting. And unfortunately, in a lot of places, not only are their hair triggered in their minds, they actually are allowed to carry weapons openly. That's why mass shootings are almost routine. Every week you expect to see that four or five people have been killed by someone who's angry. The scripture says, keep the peace. As much as it lies within you when, you, when you find yourself being drawn into messes at work, when you find yourself being drawn into messes within your family, you, 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 your, your responsibility as a believer is to represent Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. Keep the peace. And he said, pray for peace. And then when you pray for peace, where you happen to be in the midst of mess, God says it will result in you receiving peace. You don't have to let your troubles trouble you. You don't have to let your circumstances dictate your responses. Joy is not dependent upon happenstance. Joy is dependent upon our reliance on the Holy Spirit. We can rejoice in whatever situation as I'm yielding and leading to the Holy Spirit. So he says, pray for peace. Is that a part of your prayer list? Praying for peace at your job? praying for peace in this country, praying for peace among the leaders that can't get along because you're Democrat or Republican. The Lord said, if we pray for peace as Christians, we will experience it. Here's another thing. Avoid painkillers. He says in verse, uh, in, in, in verse 8 and 9, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and diviners who are in the midst deceive you, nor listen to you listen to your dreams, which you cause, which you are, which you cause to be dreamed, for they are prof, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. What's, I, I was sitting uh, with a group of people at my job. I was just, in, in, just astonished, and these ladies were just having. What sign are you? I thought that that was as old as me, but no, they got real deep. They started reading their horoscopes. They start uh, referring to their specific astrologers. They start talking about the, the, the readers, the palm readers that they go to. And so what happens is when we are under pressure, we want to know the future. We want to know what's happening. And we're trying to figure this out. And so we, we will turn to painkillers. You may not go to a palm reader. You may not depend on astrology. But people are popping pills and putting stuff in their veins and up their nose more than at any other time. The, the, the death rate from overdoses caused by drugs is at an all-time high. And so what happens when you're going through, we, 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 we tend to gravitate to the name it and claim it, believe it and declare it, and in the name of Jesus, you got it. And I, I, I remember I was at the beginning of the pandemic, I, I remember a group of a prominent televangelists 
At the beginning of the service, they stood in front of, uh, uh, this was two years ago, they stood in front of the altar, and they said, on the count of three, we are going to declare that, that the coronavirus ends. <laughs> and then they said, in the name of Jesus, corona, you can't have your, you can't have your way here. You end today. And they blew, and they said, it's, it's done. Now, that was two years ago. I don't, guess what those brothers are? False prophets, millionaires with false prophets, churches packed out with people who are, correcting, who are catching coronavirus. We've had so many prominent Christian leaders who have falsely given misinformation about getting vaccinated that are dead today. But we gravitate to people who will tell us what we want to hear. And so Jeremiah says, when you are in the midst of your mess and you're trying to figure it out and you're hurting and you don't fully understand why you're going through it, don't turn to painkillers. Don't start popping pills. Don't join churches that have false prophets. Don't turn to astrology and palm readers and soothsayers. People who are involved in divination and witchcraft. I want you to know something. People are not turning away from spiritual uh, 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 pursuits to, un to, to understand God. They're just turning away from Christianity because Jesus hasn't failed. The church of Christ is failing to tell them what Jesus says in his word. And the word still works. Keep the peace. Avoid painkillers. He said, they, I have not sent them. They're false prophets. Line it up, line up whatever people are saying to you. Here's another thing. Remember God's promises as we are going through 2022, and another variant may pop up, and something else may occur, and we don't know what's going on in California right now. The fires in Colorado, what happened in Kentucky, cities just leveled to the ground, volcanic eruptions, famines in Africa. Planes dropping out of the sky for no apparent reason. People just murdering and, and, and viciously in broad daylight, and it seems like no one comes to justice. Remember God's promise. Listen to what God says in verse 10 and 11. For thus saith the Lord, after 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place, your home. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future hope. The Lord says two things. He said, this situation that you're in is not going to last forever. This too, whatever you're going through, it didn't come to stay, it came to pass. It's not going to stay. This world is not our home. God, Jesus may come back this year, but he said, after 70 years, it's, this is going to end. And so the promise is that this is not going to last always. Trouble doesn't last always. So whatever you're going through right now, it's going to pass. But the second thing God says, I'm not finished with you. He said, I've got a blessing plan. I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil. I have an expected end. You can have full confidence that what I have planned for you I'm going to complete it. God said, I got a blessing plan. You don't have to stand in the $50 line, the $30 line, the $1,000 line. I have a blessing plan that is free and available to you if you use pressure properly. 
I will bring my promise. Do you believe that God is going to bring his promises to pass? We need to understand, remember the promises of God. Do you even know the promises of God? What, God, what has God promised you? I do tell that whatever you're going through, it won't last. Here's the last thing. Fifth thing that, that you need to do to, to help pressure to work for you as we're in the midst of messes in 2022. Pursue God. Say pursue God. How do you pursue God? He says, call upon me and, and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. In 2022, you need to make prayer a priority. You need to put prayer at the top of your list. One of the blessed, most blessed things I look forward to every morning at 6 a.m. from 6, 6 in the morning to 6.15 is to be on that prayer line and talking to the Lord with other saints. It has, it has set, a, set my heart ablaze. It has re, it, it rekindled my flame of passion for the Lord. That's what prayer does. It is the spark that keeps the passion for the Lord burning. If you find yourself lacking in passion, you don't have to look much further than your prayer life. He said, if you cry out to me, if you pray, here's how you pursue God. You pursue God by standing tall on your knees. Get on your knees and face before God, and he will hear you. God says, if you get real with me, if you search for me with all your heart, you'll find me. Have you gotten desperate for God? Are you, are you comfortable with a nickel's worth of God? Give me 25 cents worth of God. I'll take 90 cents today. and uh, You can keep change. You know, how much of God do you want? We got to get desperate. We need to be like the woman who had the issue of blood. She didn't care who saw her. She didn't care if she got dirty. She didn't care if somebody laughed at her. She didn't even care if somebody stepped. All she cared about is that she knew I need to get to Jesus. And whatever it takes, whatever is required, I'm going to get to Jesus. You need to have a heart that says whatever it takes. This year, in 2020, I'm going to pursue the Lord. I'm going to get real. I want you to understand that the Lord will reveal himself to those who have that type of desperation. Do you have a desperate heart for the Lord? I know. Here's how it starts. It starts with prayer. Well, I don't get up that early. Get up that early and watch what God does. Expect God to show up. He says, once you have cried out to me, gotten real with me by seeking for me with all your heart, he says, I, you will find me. God is not hard to find if you get real, if you get desperate, if you cry out to him. He said, you'll find me. Anybody really want to know this God that we say that we love, that we're going to spend eternity with? The Lord said, if you get desperate, you'll find me. I want you to know when you find the Lord, Paul said, I, I, well, he got a taste of Jesus. And he spent the rest of his life, the rest of his ministry. He said, I am pursuing him who has found me that I might know him in the power of the resurrection of Christ. Are you pursuing him like that? He said, when you do, you'll find him in the place of worship. You'll find yourself celebrating the Lord. Here, I'm almost done. Wait, so expect God to show up when you cry out in prayer, when you get real, and then wait on him because God will bring you out of your mess. Wait on him. He, he, wait on him. And here's how God said, I'll honor that. He says, you will find me. 
You know what that means? God will reveal himself to you. God, Moses says, show me your glory. Has God ever shown you his glory? Have you ever found yourself like Isaiah in, in the temple of the Lord in heaven and, 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 and literally in the spirit realm as you are in a vision through your worship where you see the Lord high and lifted up in his robe, his, the train of his robe filling the temple? Have you ever really experienced as the word is being taught where you see the angel, the seraphim praising the Lord? And the smoke filling the temple as the praise is going up. And, and, and as you are experiencing the God who has been found through your desperation, that you find yourself recognizing that you're unworthy and you're crying out for cleansing. Have you ever experienced that? And so you get revelation from the Lord. And here's, a, here's the other thing that happens. He said, not only will I reveal myself to you because you'll find me. He said, I'm going to restore what was taken. I'm, I'm going to let you return to what you thought you lost, but it's going to be better when you get it back. And sometimes what you get back didn't change. What changed was you. And so the Lord wants to, in the midst of this mess, he said, I want to restore you, but you've got to let the pressure work for you. I want to restore you in the midst of your mess, but you've got to let the problem work for you. You've got to let the process work for you. You've got to let the purpose work for you in 2022. God has a message for messed up times. As I thought about this, I reflected on the experience that the Apostle Paul and Silas had in a Philippian jail. They had been falsely accused, arrested, and falsely convicted. They were beaten almost to the point of not being recognizable. They were bleeding. They were placed in a cell with, with, with other prisoners, and they were put in, placed in chains. And the Bible says, around about midnight, Paul and Silas decided, I want you to do this around about midnight. I don't know what your tradition is. I don't know what you normally do around midnight, but we're in a mess, y'all. I, I, I want you to try this. Paul and Silas, uh, against all logic, against all, 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 anything that made sense. They're in chains, falsely accused, beaten, only because they, they stood up for Christ. Instead of complaining, instead of asking God, why me, and I, I love you, and this, this is what I get. No, they were in a mess, but at midnight, they began to sing. I don't know what song they sang. Maybe it was, oh, how I love Jesus. And they begin to praise the Lord at midnight. I wonder if you try that tonight at 12 o'clock. Just start singing to the Lord. Start praising the Lord. Guess what happened for Paul and Silas? And if it happened for them, I believe it could happen for you. The scripture said that the chain fell off and the earth began to shake. And the next thing, Paul and Silas, who were bound, were now loose. God will loose you in the midst of your mess, if you praise him, if you praise him, if you lift him up, he will loose you, and you will find those who see the power of God at work in your life, in the midst of your mess, they will be asking, what must I do to have this Jesus <laughs> that makes people sing at 12 o'clock at night, who makes, makes you sing when you should be crying, makes you sing when you should be bitter, makes you sing when you should be quitting, what kind of Jesus is this? And Paul and Silas were able to lead 
that jailer who was going to commit suicide, him and his whole family got saved that night. I want you to know you want to start your new year off right in 2022, start singing at 12. Start praising the Lord at 12. Bring it. You want to have a real party? I don't know what horns you blow. I don't know what bottles you open. But I want you to break open some praise. Break open some worship and watch what the Lord will do for you going forward because he has a message for messed up time. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you.